3: This is the Tom Hartman Program. This is insane. You'll recall I've been saying for some time that, in my opinion, the Republican Party has been trying to encourage people not to wear masks simply to keep the virus circulating in America so that Joe Biden can't get the virus under control, so that he can't get the economy back, so that with a bad economy and a virus still out of control, Democrats will lose the election coming up in 2022 and will lose the White House in 2024. I see this as just cold political calculus. After all, these same guys were willing to kill a half a million Americans just to open up the economy in September, October, and November so that, so that they could all try to get elected. That backfired badly on them. The lesson that they learned, the Republicans, was that, hey, if you're the party in power and you've got a virus that's run out of control and an economy that's collapsing, you're going to lose. So now they're looking at this going, huh, the Democrats are in power. And if we can keep this virus going and the economy collapsing, they're going to lose. And we'll get back into power. And won't that be a great thing? But now Tucker Carlson has, and Fox News have taken this a whole step farther. This is what he had to say on Fox News. He was talking about people who are wearing masks in public. Now, by the way, the CDC are gonna be releasing their new guidelines, and in all probability, they're gonna say, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you probably don't need to wear a mask in public, which kind of adds to the conversation, I suppose, in a way. But it doesn't add at all to the conversation about what Carlson and Fox are trying to say, because this is where it gets very bizarre. He's speaking of people wearing masks. He says, they're the aggressors See, this is the whole pitch on the right, is you are the poor victims of these terrible people. So Tucker says, they're the aggressors. It's our job to brush them back and restore the society we were born in. What is that? Is this, is this, is he still echoing his, you know, black people and Jews are going to replace all the white people and, and Hispanics are going to replace the white voters in America? Is that I don't know. But anyhow, so he continues. He says, so the next time you see somebody in a mask on a sidewalk or on a bike path, don't hesitate. Ask politely but firmly, would you please take off your mask? Science shows there's no reason for you to be wearing it. Your mask is making me uncomfortable. We should do that, Tucker says, and we should keep doing it. It's repulsive. And then what about when you see children, parents, where their kids are wearing masks? Your response to seeing, now this is where it gets evil. I think this is where Carlson has stepped beyond the bounds of normal free speech and into uh, basically inciting what could be some real tragedies. I mean, people are protective of their kids. Can you imagine a stranger walking up to you or your kid? and telling you to do something that could cause you or your child to get sick and die, and doing it aggressively, there are some people who will respond, uh, shall we say, a little emphatically. Carlson says, Your response to seeing children wearing masks when they play should be no different from seeing someone beat a kid in Walmart. Call the police immediately. Contact Child Protective Services. Keep calling until someone arrives. What you're looking at is abuse. It's child abuse, and you're morally obligated to attempt to prevent it. Now, if you think that the millions of people watching and listening to Carlson, and of course his message has been amplified way beyond just his own show with this, this is now the song that the entire right is singing on talk radio, on television, on everything. If you think this isn't going to provoke some actual actions that may end up badly, I got a bridge to sell you in New York. I mean, this isn't some vague thing. He's calling for specific actions that can cause harm, that can cause death and disease. This this is like so over the top, telling people to call the police on somebody, what, my next-door neighbor, my next-door neighbor, her child is wearing a mask, I'm dialing 911. Talk about the ultimate Karens, right? What would you do if you were walking down the street wearing a mask with your 10-year-old kid or your 15-year-old kid or your 5-year-old kid wearing a mask? And one of Tucker's viewers comes up to you and says, to quote Tucker here, and says, would you please take off your mask? Science shows there's no reason for you to be wearing it. Your mask is making me uncomfortable. How would you respond? How would you respond when that person puts the phone up to their ear, dials 911, and says, I'd like to report an emergency. I'd like to report child abuse. Connect me to Child Protective Services. My neighbor, whose name is Joe Blow here, or Jane Doe, because I'm assuming this is one of your neighbors who is watching, Tucker. My neighbor, who's, and lives at 123 Main Street, is committing child abuse. I want to talk to Child Protective Services right now. Tucker Carlson told me to do this, and I'm following through. How would you respond? What do you do when the police show up? What do you do when the police show up if you're not white? I mean, what is this guy trying to set up here? This is the guy who, you know, who doesn't want white people to be replaced in America. And we know that you know black people and, and people of color are more likely to die from this. So they're probably more likely to be wearing masks. Is that what's going on here? What say you? This is the Tom Hartman Program. It is not just happening on Fox News. This is happening all over right-wing media. And now it's getting into the schools. (laughs) The insanity continues. I mean, when this kind of non-scientific outrage, politically motivated BS gets promoted on Fox News and other right-wing outlets, then disaster is sure to follow. For example, down in Miami, there's this private school and the woman who runs it, it's called the Sentner Academy. It's named after a person, C-E-N-T-N-E-R, Ms. Sentner, And she has frequently shared anti-vaccine posts on Facebook. So she wrote a letter to all of her employees. Now, keep in mind, this is a school. It's a private school, part of, probably part of the whole charter school scam, you know, getting, getting our tax dollars. But, you know, uh, anyway, saying that with a heavy heart, I have to inform you, my teachers, my employees, that if you have a, a vaccine, if you've been vaccinated, you have to stay away from the children. This is exactly what she wrote. She said, reports have surfaced recently. So this is the problem with looking things up on the Internet and saying, oh, yeah, I've got the scientific truth here. Reports have surfaced recently of non-vaccinated people being negatively impacted by interacting with people who have been vaccinated. So let me get this straight. Somebody's not vaccinated. They're vulnerable to the disease. Somebody else is vaccinated. They are immune to the disease, relatively speaking. The two have lunch together. And the person who's not vaccinated is negatively impacted. Now, I can see where the person who's vaccinated, who still has, you know, with the regular wild COVID, a 5 or 10% chance of getting COVID. They won't die from it or end up in an ER. But, you know, hey, you can still get COVID or even long COVID or Some of the problems associated with COVID, you know, heart disease and strokes and dementia and stuff like that. It's far less likely, radically less likely, but there's still a very small chance. Or as we're seeing now in in Oregon, I heard the, the report this morning, Oregon Public Broadcasting, that we've now got over a dozen cases of the South African variant here. And in two cities, they're measuring the wastewater and they're saying that the South African variant is starting to increase which says to me that we're going to see here in Oregon probably over the next month or so the same kind of spike that the whole rest of the world seems to be seeing. Because the South African variant, the British variant, is somewhat more contagious. The South African variant is 50% more contagious. Plus, it infects younger people, younger being in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And plus, it can throw them into the hospital, land them in the hospital. Young people who think, I'm immune, I read on Facebook, I don't need to take the vaccine. Right. So anyhow, she continues. This is the woman who runs this private school. In her letter to her teachers, with all the sound medical information she got off Facebook, she says, quote, even among our own population, We have at least three women with menstrual cycles impacted after having spent time with a vaccinated person. This, again, this this is a false claim. This is a a complete BS. There's no there there whatsoever. That vaccinated people can somehow pass the vaccine to others and affect the reproductive systems? Really? So she gave her employees a couple of options. So tell us if you've been vaccinated, in which case we'll keep you away from the kids. Let us know if you get the vaccine when you do, so that we cannot, as we cannot allow recently vaccinated people to be near our students until more information is known. Or wait till the school year is over to get vaccinated. Hey, you might just get sick and die anyway, right? And if you get the vaccine over the summer, you will not be allowed to return. I mean, this is bizarre. If your kid was in this school, how would you be responding? By the way, I yesterday I called my chiropractor's office. And for yesterday it was a restaurant. Yesterday it was my chiropractor's office. And I said, I need to have my back cracked. I am so looking forward to seeing you guys. It's been a year and a half. I'm assuming you're all vaccinated. I'm all vaccinated, so I'm ready. Let's make an appointment. And the woman kind of sheepishly said, well, no, none of us have had a vaccine here yet. Now, my chiropractor's in his 40s, maybe early 50s, and they just opened that up here in Oregon a week ago. So I'm not assuming that my chiropractor is an anti-vaxxer nut. So I said, oh, you know, well, here's my name and phone number. And she recognized me and she wrote it down and everything. And I said, you know, call me when you're all vaccinated or two weeks after you're all vaccinated and I will be there. And she was like, "Okay, great. Thank you. You gave us an added uh, incentive to get our vaccines right away. And I'm like, good. So step by step. But how would you respond if one of Tucker Carlson's mask holes walks up to you? You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Or calls the police on you, and the police come and say, we have a complaint that you're abusing your child with that mouse. Tucker Carlson, was he just being an ass? Just trying to get in the news? Or was this another step in the let's trash minorities, let's trash poor people, let's trash people of color, let's make life more difficult and more miserable for them, let's encourage white people to flaunt their privilege, etc., which is my, you know, it's it's my take on what he's doing. But there's uh, one other topic that I wanted to draw to your attention in this hour, and that that is beef. (laughs) The new pro-burger activists. They're not just climate deniers and right-wingers set on dividing America. They have turned beef into a political thing. It's like it's the Republican Party's logo. I mean, there have been three major stories that the right-wing has been promoting over the last week, just in the last week, that are complete lies, right? The first was that the migrant shelters down in Texas were being packed with Kamala Harris's autobiography, with her book, in their welcome packs. Not true. One person gave a copy of Harris's book to one kid and somehow somebody took a picture of it. Harris had nothing to do with it, the government had nothing to do with it. Our vice president had nothing to do with it. But the network, the news you know, Fox News was falsely reporting that, oh my God, your tax dollars are buying copies of Harris's book to pass out you know, quite quite quick. They also ran a story that the Virginia Department of Education, Virginia has a Democratic governor now, is moving to eliminate advanced math classes in high schools. No, that's a lie. And then, of course, the number one was that the whole Biden plan for infrastructure in the United States is going to require you to eat 90% less beef or meat. Which, you know, actually might make you healthier, but it's not true. But Epicurious Magazine and i you know i went over and checked this out this is fascinating epicurious the website is epicurious epicurious.com and it's an online magazine they may have a print edition i'm not real familiar with it i just spent a little time on their website this morning and they've got a, an op-ed there titled, Why Epicurus Left Beef Behind. Now, this is a recipe website, right? It's a food website. They've got all these incredible, exotic, interesting, fascinating recipes on there. And they just said, we're no longer going to be offering recipes with beef in it. It's not that they're vegan or vegetarian. They're still, you know, They still have recipes with chicken and pork and lamb and fish and stuff like that. But their point, and this is not about health. Their point was that beef is essentially destroying the environment. The Washington Post did a piece about this today saying Epicurus said that they would no longer publish recipes using beef, citing the environmental harm caused by cattle farming. And this is a quote from senior editor Maggie Hoffman who said, our shift is solely about sustainability, not giving airtime to one of the world's worst climate offenders. And in that regard, I mean, this is why the right was all hysterical about Biden's infrastructure plan, because Biden's infrastructure plan is designed to reduce American greenhouse gas emissions. And, you know, if you want to honestly look at the situation, you have to acknowledge about half our greenhouse gas emissions come from transportation. And Biden is working on, seriously working on doing something about that. Most of that is cars and trucks. And if we can electrify our, you know, over-the-road transportation and electrify more of our rail, we can radically cut greenhouse gas emissions. But about a quarter of it is from our agricultural practices. And an awful lot of that has to do with beef. And it's not just the you know the cows eating grains and farting and causing methane and all that kind of stuff. It's all the vegetables that you have to grow, like the soybeans and the corn and whatnot, to feed to the cows, which is not the food that cows would normally eat, in order to cause them to become obese so that, you know, more, more meat and more profit, not to mention the antibiotics they give them and the giant waste pools because the, the old-fashioned cow patties are gone because we feed them bacteria, so their guts are constantly in a state of, of turmoil. And so, you know, what's coming out is rather different. I'm not gonna gross you out. And so anyhow, this Epicurious, so that's it. This, uh, the headline, why Epicurious left beef behind the subhead. Cutting out just a single ingredient, beef, can have an outsized impact on making a person's cooking more environmentally friendly. Today, Epicurious announces that we've done just that and we're inviting you to join us. And then they've got, you know, the planet on the plate, talking about, you know, why they did this, more resources on sustainable cooking. How do I ease into meatless eating? A great article. What does sustainable cooking even mean? Is there such a thing as sustainable beef? 86 delicious reasons to plan a plant-based picnic or cookout. 76 best vegetarian grilling recipes of all time. I think I'm going to spend more time on this website. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally-sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, with two ends, or enter the code Hartman, with two ends before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from CookUnity, full-blown hysteria on the right oh my god oh my god the daily mail this rag in london in the uk published this article saying that joe biden wants to cut your meat supply down to one burger a year or thereabouts in order to stop climate change america's right wing is just hysterical about it on the line with us Let's find out if he's hysterical. I don't know. Julio Rivera, editorial director at Reactionary Times, contributor to Newsmax, the American thinker at townhall.com, reactionarytimes.com. Oh, yeah, it's Julio is Julio's Twitter handle. Hey, Julio, so uh, are you all flipped out about this, too?
4: Um, you know, I think I'm um, uh, so much to do about nothing in a lot of ways. I do want to make a point, though, about CO2. I think sometimes people forget and this is probably one of the the only things that uh, you know when it comes to the climate conversation that really truly is settled science is that co2 really is the fruit of all life i mean we need carbon we're carbon based you know human beings are carbon based i i i think that you know over the last couple of years actually last couple of decades i think um a lot of this has been influenced by you know money um you know we have You know, certain scientific studies that are funded, um, whether they're funded by special interests, um, you know, that are that are either mean like fossil fuel billionaires, energy lobby or now we have the the uh, meatless meat lobby that's starting to grow. It's actually really grown a lot under Trump. I mean, there's uh, I think about 800 companies that are focused on making meatless meat and 70 new startups just in the last couple of years. So it's actually flourishing. You know, so and that that could be a good thing in a sense. There's certain ethical issues regarding, you know, um, you know, how we procure meat and whatnot. I personally don't have an issue with eating meat, Um, but uh, but yeah, I I think that you're going to get alarmism swinging in every direction when it comes to an issue like this, Tom.
3: Okay, so let's deal with this carbon dioxide issue to begin with, uh, because this was the sales pitch of the. Uh, this uh, think tank that's up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the Pacific Institute or something like this. And they they published this book about 15, 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, because I debated the author of it on this program, um, in which they were pointing out that you you and I breathe and all other animals breathe in oxygen and expire, uh, breathe out. Uh, waste material carbon dioxide, and plants inhale carbon dioxide and exhale as their waste material oxygen, and therefore we've got this kind of symbiotic relationship. And his theory was that because plants inhale carbon dioxide, therefore more carbon dioxide must be better for the plants. And so they actually did some science on this where they took greenhouses and they took the CO2 level in the greenhouse and they raised it from 300 parts per million which is where you know more or less, I think we were at 320 parts per million in 1860 from 300 parts per million to 400 parts per million which we passed I don't know 5 10 years ago to 450 parts have, per yeah. million to 500 parts per million and what they found was that yeah the plants grew faster at first but their stems weren't strong enough. Their leaves weren't resilient enough. They weren't capable of producing egg—not uh, eggs—seeds. Uh, Um, there were all kinds of problems because, you know, hundreds of millions, literally hundreds of millions, in some cases, billions of years of evolution had, had matched those plants, or certainly in the last few million years, had matched those plants to the contemporary CO2 levels. So as CO2 levels go up, what we find is that our forests actually become weaker they become less resilient. A lot of plants oh, are producing more argument, cellulose, but they're argument. producing a hell of a lot less nutrients. So no, you question, more carbon though, is not a good thing. Yeah.
4: Let me, let me ask you a question. I'm not saying that we need to have a carbon overdose, but I mean, do you have their scientists out here that, that I've read that said that our CO2 levels at this point are too low? And they, they need to come up that they've been yeah, much Yeah, well, those people are lying the through their teeth to you, Julio. No, they're not. No, they're not. Let me let me. Let and me I guarantee you that they're making evidence, money for that. They're taking money from fossil fuel the, billionaires. Evidence? Why is uh, an area in the Sahara Desert the size of France and Germany regreening now? Is that not a good thing? That a desert is regreening? Listen, climate change happens naturally. It's been happening for billions of years. It's not you know humans. And it's not possible. You know, it's Julio, that's like saying, hey, you know,
3: my, my friend who's dying of cancer right now, um, injured his knee, and it looks like the uh, the bruise is all healed up. He's still dying of cancer. I mean, come on. So e- e- yes, climate change well, is so happening all over the planet. Ag- there are.
4: Tom, listen. I know there you are have good some places where guy.
3: it is going to produce a locally good effect. There are most places where it's going to produce a locally bad effect, and we're seeing this Based all on what? over but where? the country. Where,
4: Tom? But, where? Well,
3: where? for example, Actually, you know, the 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 northern triangle countries of Central America
4: that bears. are. And the glaciers in Manhattan is going to be underwater and the earth is going to survive for 12 years, always with the doomsday conspiracies, you know, and the theories. And none of this has actually happened. If we had, if we had believed every doomsday theory that's come out ever since people realized the money that is in the environmental lobby. Yeah, that's another strong man
3: argument. Over years here. ago. But all you, you, you know ago. what caused the Syrian crisis. You know what caused the Arab Spring? That, you know, the, the, the reason Climate that wheat prices change? went up. Climate change? Yeah, it was. The reason, the reason, the reason wheat prices went up in, in Tunisia, which is where the original guy set himself on fire, was because the desert had moved 80 miles south in a period of 15 years. Literally yeah, thousands of, of small subsistence of fire, farmers got wiped out that no and yes it was um, both- it was because carbon dioxide levels are going up and the desert <laughs> is moving south the same thing happened in syria in syria the desert moved south 120 miles you could look this up the the desert moved south 120 yeah, miles tens where, of thousands of subsistence farmers ended up in aleppo and the other major syrian cities oh. and and you know and and then and then bashir al-assad said i'm not going to feed them and there yeah, was no food. Really and that was your original red let, let, let me let me
4: tell you something. In America, in America, we, since B- Joe Biden became president, he's attacking the fossil fuel industry. That has a direct effect. You have millions of listeners. The fact that they're paying more for food, they're paying more for the pump. That there's less opportunities of in, in, employment in the energy sector in America is due to that's this nonsense. bad pseudo. There are more jobs. There are more jobs in the energy the sector in America. Democrats than there have
0: ever
3: been. Go
4: ahead and push their interest in Washington, D.C. There, That's
3: the there are more jobs in the energy sector than ever before. It's just that they're in clean energy, Julio. They're, we're no. shutting down these dirty coal plants. We're shutting down these dirty oil plants. You, you, the, the cost of generating electricity with wind power and solar power is now below in the United States below the cost of generating that same power with oil, with gas, with coal, or even with nuclear power, especially yeah, and oil, nuclear power. And we reached energy customers.
4: independence for the first time in like 50 years under President Trump. And prices at the pump and prices at the grocery store were just fine. This is this is an example of why Democrats should just leave well enough alone. It's just like what's going on at the yeah, border. Iowa you is know, getting America 70% of their electricity from the wind and solar. Of Homeland Security will not acknowledge You know, you got Alejandro Mayorkas, Mr. Broke the Glass Ceiling, the first Hispanic leader of DHS, saying we don't have a border crisis, while simultaneously acknowledging that more people- So if
3: all of this is true, Julio, and we just have have 30 seconds left, why is it necessary for people on your side to try to freak people out that they're not going to be able to eat meat? Why do they have to lie to people?
4: Freak people out? You guys are the king of freaking people out. No, but Manhattan underwater. The earth is gonna be destroyed in twelve years and we're all gonna be dead. You guys we are have of a drought here in the in the West. west. You've, you've, got, that.
3: you've got drought in the in the Northern Triangle countries in Central America. It's it's one of the things that's, that's driving refugees up to here. Well, I am sorry I, I I shouldn't be Happy Earth Day, Tom. Happy Earth Day. I hope
4: you had a
3: great Earth Day. (laughs) Thank you. Back at you, Julio. Julio Rivera, the editorial director of reactionarytimes.com. Oh, yeah, it's Julio is his Twitter handle. Julio, good talking with you. Thank you. So are you worried about uh, Biden's meatless Mondays? Actually, Biden is like a big fan of hamburgers, apparently. Barbara in San Francisco. Hey, Barbara.
0: As a nature educator with kids, I feel I live in essence of that almost every day, and I feel so grateful. We're out in the woods, and we really just get to dive deep into so many of those kind of values that you shared. To remember what life is about, Um, so I had an eight-year-old son, and I wanted to circle back to what you were talking about with Child Protective Services. Eight-year-old son, this is about eight years ago now, who got... Fallen into the tech world, into the tech gaming world. Now, as a nature educator, you can imagine what that might have felt like. But it opened up this Pandora's box of a rabbit hole we're all falling into with our kids, especially right now with you know the tech just dominating education. And I ended up having to call police on my son about twenty times because of this violence that came out of him with I'll call it addictive gaming. Right? Oh my goodness! It was so bad. So bad. I actually ended up having to give my son to my ex husband in order to control him, which he was able to do a little bit better than me because I was just surrounded by technology in the community where I was living. And these are violent, violent games, right? Technology is not a green resource. But what so I did, did you have a, a was,
3: problem with child and protective services is that was it, is that the essence of I came
0: close to losing my son when the police came over and they saw my son who was literally just addicted it's like it's like cocaine um, especially at a certain age and for certain kids and my son certainly fell into mm-hmm. that category and um, there's a great book about it called low kids by Nicholas Kadaras. we ended up butting up together and um, recognizing that this is a national crisis that's not being talked about and I just so happy Happen to be a lucky one, you know, <laughs> to discover it myself, yeah. um, sadly. But, you know, it's something to really acknowledge today and how that's actually having an impact on our environment. I mean, technology, again, is not green,
3: right? Right, no, um, I, I get all that, Barbara, but what I'd like to know is did Child Protective Services, I'm suggesting that Tucker Carlson is trying to terrorize the most marginalized people in our society with Child and Protective Services. My experiences with them were very mixed, yeah. but that was 30, 40 years ago. Is this still kind of a black box where you can lose your oh, rights, you can God. lose your kid, you have no, virtually totally. no appeal?
0: I'm a white woman. I came from a pretty wealthy community back into this, you know, kind of poor apartment living and I noticed a huge difference. They were looking at me. I mean, they came so close to taking my son. They were asking if he was drugged up. They were looking at me as the abuser. I mean, I had to walk on eggshells. I ended up trying to educate them about what was going on. But I also work in the foster work today because of that, recognizing what is going on with our system that we're so willing to take children away from good parents and without asking harder questions. And Tom, I mean, you know, with our system of 500,000 children in the foster care system, I have discovered that it is a horrific system that has huge money in it. And it's something that we could actually start to acknowledge and start looking through it. And my little work, I started to get trained last year because I really was curious to find out what's going on, you know, and with the big money in it, too. There is some wisdom in really teasing it out.
3: Yeah, no. And, and there's there's some good parts to it. And Barbara, thank you for the call and for sharing your story. Some of this is absolutely necessary. There are just some god-awful parents out there. I, and I could tell you just horror stories. But also, the system itself, it, it does not have the checks and balances, let's say, that the adult criminal justice system does. Excuse me. Lucille in Ventura, California. Hey, Lucille, what's on your mind today?
5: This is a question for you. Do you think
1: that if the people call Child Protective Services to let them know how distressed we are over what Tucker Carlson is saying, I feel he is such a dangerous man. And do you think it would help in any way? Because like you said, he is causing people to take masks off their children and the children could possibly get ill, but, it, mm-hmm. and then he goes on, I mean, he's on every program now. People are just crazed about it. Do so you think it wouldn't yeah. make any difference?
3: I don't think that any of us should be calling Child Protective Services for anything other than a serious concern about a child that's at risk. That's part of what's so horrible about what he's doing, is he's encouraging people to call a service that is already overwhelmed, some really great people working in child and protective services, and, and by and large, they tend to be uh, handling two or three times the workload they would they should because the funding is so poor. Get into the judges and all that kind of stuff, and how difficult things can be. But no, I would not call them. What what I would do is, uh, in all probability, is is be either calling the advertisers for his program or just ranting about it on social media. I and 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 I realize, you know, part of what he wants is for people to talk about this because he wants more publicity for himself. But You know, as we saw with Bill O'Reilly and with Glenn Beck, both of them, you know, white nationalist racists who went over the edge on Fox News repeatedly. Eventually, they became so toxic that even Fox News had to say, "Okay, enough. See you guys later. And and I am uh, hopeful that that uh, if Tucker keeps going down this road, that, uh, uh, you know, something like that could happen. Lucille, thank you for the call. Renee in Burbank, California. Hey, Renee, what's up?
1: Back when my son, who's now 30, was about 8, we used to live right behind our elementary school. And he would walk home from school, and the babysitter got out of school at the exact same time at a local high school about 10 blocks away. So there was always a little bit of an overlap. And one day he got home from school, and there was a bee in the house. He called me at work, freaked out about the bee. And I told him it would be okay, the babysitter would be there. But in the meantime, I picked up the phone and called a neighbor and asked him to go down take care of the bee and wait for my babysitter since he was kind of freaked out. A person mm-hmm. I worked with overheard my conversation with my son, but not my conversation with my neighbor and made the assumption that my son goes home and is alone every day. So about a week or so later, I get a phone call from my mother who was at my house and my roommate, <laughs> not even my babysitter telling me that child Protective services was at our house. Oh my God. And yeah. Yeah. And I had to leave work, lose money, and go deal with this over a misunderstanding. But the, the thing with this Tucker Carlson saying this, he's going to have CPS making all these kind of, you know, unnecessary calls like they did to me, you mm-hmm. know, and causing people possibly losing work. We're already having enough trouble with this, you know, economy, people just getting back to work. And if they have to run home because, you know, Child Protective Services has yeah. showing up because Tucker Carlson said call,
3: and real children who are really funny. getting abused. The first kid, when Louise and I started this Community for Abused Kids up in New Hampshire, the Sale the, of the Children's Village, the first kid I did intake on was a kid who had been, uh, along with his brother, tied to a pole in the basement by their father. His brother had oh died there. The smell alerted the neighbors. They called the police. The police came. This kid that, that ended up in our program was nearly dead. He was... There are some real genuine horror stories out there. And Child Protective Services, this is the kind of stuff that they should be focusing on. The second kid we did intake on was a, was a girl who was the daughter of her sister by her father. I mean, you know, it's that, there, that kind of stuff is going on out there.
1: There's been a couple of cases out here, I don't know, out in Lancaster, here in California, where there was a couple of children who died. And Child Protective Services, they were in, you know, they were being checked on, but they weren't doing a good job of it. And it, a lot of it was because the caseworkers were overloaded, and yep. so these kids fall through the cracks. These kids that are being abused, and the last thing they need is more unnecessary, you know, work piled on them. It's it's a thankless job, and they don't have enough help, and kids die.
3: And they don't have enough resources, and the court system is. Overrated. Or at least, again, like I said, 30 years ago and 40 years ago when Louise and I worked in this field, the, the court system was whimsical, shall we say. You know, it's a, it, it, yes, there are laws, but so much is up to the discretion of the judge. And a lot of these in New Hampshire, the judges were just local lawyers who did this part time. And so you could get, you know, three different uh, judges with three different, completely different opinions. Renee, I got to run. But thank you for the call. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. This you know, thank you. What he what what Carlson is doing is bad for kids, frightening for low-income people and minorities. A public health menace, and he's damaging child protective services in a time when they they need more resources. Tom Hartman. Visit tomhartman.com for audio and video archives. Roger in Indianapolis. Hey, Roger, what's on your mind today? A question I'd like to ask Tucker Carlson, and I have an answer that anybody who wants to use it is free to use.
0: I'd like to ask Tucker Carlson and all his ilk if they believe in liberty and justice for all. And of course, you know, they're going to say yes. The follow up would be then you take care of yours and don't tread on mine. And that's basically all I have to say. What does that mean?
3: What, Roger, I don't understand. What does that mean? That means that with Tucker Carlson encouraging people to, to
5: turn in people who have chosen to wear a mask, they
0: are mm-hmm. treading on their liberty to do what they think is necessary to keep their family safe.
3: Oh, I see. So t- what you're suggesting is that when Tucker Carlson encourages people to turn... Um, The parents and kids who are wearing masks into the police or child protective services, he is, in effect, taking away their liberty. Is that what you're saying?
0: Basically, yes, because I've seen these flags and it says, don't tread on me. Well, it seems like they get great enjoyment by going with people that don't have their
3: worldview and treading all over theirs. Yeah, good point, Roger. Yeah, they're hypocrites. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Roger, thank you. Thank you very much. Rob in Mount Iron, Minnesota. Let's try it again, Rob. What's up? I'm here. Can you can you hear me? I'm sorry. I can this time. No problem. What's up? Okay, it's where, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's
5: where you probably already heard about this, but uh, um, what do they call the uh, president or the premier of Australia?
3: Uh, he's the prime minister, if that's who he is. There prime is a minister, president okay. also, th- which that, is a wait. ceremonial position, but the prime minister is the big the big cheese.
5: Okay, he was on the air a little while back, and he was on, you know, I mean, he basically put down Rupert and Fox News every six ways to Sunday. He even talked about his
3: son, Laughlin, that is even more right-wing than Rupert. I think you're talking about Kevin Rudd, the current prime minister, Scott Morrison, is a conservative and is afraid of Rupert Murdoch. He doesn't often take him on. I mean, maybe I missed something. But Kevin Rudd, who was the uh, last actual kind of progressive prime minister of Australia, that was like 10, 15 years ago, Um, Kevin Rudd has written several pieces, uh, uh, the most recent was just a a few weeks ago, Uh, probably the most famous was about two years ago in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is kind of their New York Times. Uh, It it was titled, uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch, The Cancer at the Heart of Australian Democracy. Um, And so Kevin Rudd, the former Prime Minister, has been just like all over this thing. Yeah.
5: I could be wrong, you know, I mean, again, but it's where, you know, I mean, again, for Lachlan to be able to take and leave the United States because Donald Trump lost the election. You know, I mean, he, he yeah. made so much sense in everything he said. It's where Fox News has not got
3: very, much, very uh, high priority in Australia. It's a tough one. It's like, you know, Canada kicked him out, you know, and the U.K. to some extent, although they do own a bunch of newspapers in the U.K., including the Times of London. Brr. Diane in Hazel Creek, Illinois. Hey, Diane, what's on your mind today?
5: Isn't Tucker Carlson in direct violation of FCC regulations because he's distorting the news on so many levels? He's intentionally trying to cause harm to certain groups with the rhetoric that he is spewing out.
3: Sadly, the answer is no for two reasons. Number one, cable television is not regulated by the Federal Communications Commission. Um, it, it is not over the air, so it doesn't use our airwaves. Um, so, you know, that's the number one one. And that's why, you know, when, when, Trump, or, yeah, when Trump was using his uh, s-hole country's word, they would just repeat the actual word on, on cable television. And in fact, I got rather tired of hearing it, um, but they couldn't do it on the network news, you know, on ABC because that's going out over the air, which raises a, a whole nother question for an, you know a whole nother day, although it's one that keeps kind of creeping into these conversations that we have here on this program constantly, which is what are the boundaries? What are the limits? At what point? I mean, you look at some of these these so-called news networks, like One American News or Newsmax. I laid out three lies that Fox has told this week. You know, just just flat-out lies. And they knew they were lies. Mm-hmm. Um, but these networks even go beyond that. I mean, this is like the National Enquirer, except everybody knew that the National Enquirer, man found with space aliens head stitched to his head, you know, head transplant. We all knew that was parody, right? Or a joke or weird or, you know, uh, uh, and, and there were... You even farther out, ones than the National Enquirer. Nobody thinks that, or at least the people who watch Fox News, don't think that Fox News is parody. Whitney in Kaplan, Louisiana. Do I have that right, Whitney?
5: You sure do. <laughs> Hi.
3: I wanted to What's up? tell you
5: that uh, I have a friend who's in CPS. It's called something here different, but it's Child Protective Services. Now, mm-hmm. They consider this, or at least she does and some other people I know, consider this thing with Carlson laughable, and I will tell you, we may rank 50 in a lot of things as far as being a crappy place to live, but our Child Protective Services is very well run They make immediate responses within two days to any kind of report that is valid. In other words, they're not making, involving themselves in this fiasco. They make regular visits to the families that have the foster children. You have to go through a long training process here to be a foster parent. The special needs children are very very well taken care of so good we do have I'm glad a wonderful system here and i'm glad that certain people anyway that i know think this is all absolutely ridiculous but we do have a lot of very ignorant people who buy everything that fox news says so it's sad you know
3: Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I'm hopeful that uh, Child Protective Services are not being overwhelmed or even harassed, basically, by Carlson followers who are calling them on, on these people. I mean, it's just, this is just terrible. Ruth in West Los Angeles. Hey, Ruth, what's up?
6: Number one on the subject of video games, I come from a family who's you know comfortable, and so I realize that I'm blessed. Uh, brother and his family were quote-unquote Katrina refugees. They got sent to Houston and had to go to new schools and didn't know anybody anyway to assuage, you know, the kids. My father, uh, my brother brought them video games. The first Christmas, my nephew asked me for Assassin's Creed. The next Christmas, he asked me for Hitman and he Whoa. just graduated, you know. He just graduated from Columbia Law School, Law Review, camp Scholar. I wanted to get him a nice, you know, briefcase for his first job. He wanted a Nintendo Switch. So yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are addictive. And you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm a loving aunt. So what did I do? I bought it. But you know, I'm, I'm
3: yeah. nuts. I need to, you know, I need to be taking no, I get the opportunity. <laughs> But but anyway, the and some thing, you know some kids can handle that, and others can't. You know, but back to yes, child protective right, services. right, right,
6: I mean, he obviously didn't play it, you know, so much that he couldn't, you know, graduate from law school right. on law review and get scholar. But the point is, he is still addicted to it. Um, right. The other thing is about child protective services. Yes, they, you know, they do the best they can with very limited resources, but they also make mistakes. And uh, I lived through one where um, my fiancé's son was living with us. He was 15, not 16. At the time, he wanted to stay with us because he was um, having abuse uh, by his mother. Um, And uh, since it was a custody battle and he couldn't stay where he wanted to, but he was out here, the bottom line is his mother filed kidnapping charges. CPS appeared at our door. Took him away, then found that he put him in a place where, you know, it's now been closed down in Los Angeles. It was so bad. Brought him back Mm. because they realized he wasn't being abused. And then put him in a foster home for two and a half months while we waited for the court date. So I'm Whoa. not. I'm just saying they have limited resources. But if they take kids away and put them in foster homes, if these people have to wait for trial dates, it's it's you know it will damage children. So that's my oh, it, it,
3: extraordinarily. I mean, you know, being separated from your parents is one of the most radical and severe things that, that can happen to a child, and to have a national television personality encouraging. People to try to provoke the beginning of that kind of a process. It's beyond the pale, Ruth. It's just, it's yeah. just. It's Thank beyond you the pale. for
6: your wonderful program. Uh, there's such important issues, and you have a
3: wonderful audience, and you're wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Ruth. That's very kind of you. <laughs> Jessica in Chicago. Hey, Jessica, thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. What's up?
2: Hi, Tom. To the last caller, Dave it's not craziness it's endangerment of children and you're 100 percent right tucker carlson is endangering children's lives my neighbors are half in um, the children are half indian and half korean so the children's skin is actually a darker tone they are the most respectful children i've ever met Uh, the mom was walking with the little girl and when the little girl saw me in the garden she immediately put her mask on and ran up to me but she stopped six feet away before to talk to me about her walk and when I was talking to Joyce she said these kids already have a target on their back and she's right and Tuckle then Tucker Carlson doesn't need to bully all these children
3: yeah, well, he's he's really bullying their parents. I mean, it's a terrifying thing—the possibility that your children could be taken away from you, and and um, it, it's or the they, or just that you'd be. Children.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this is this is brutality. This is this is just brutal. It, he's promoting brutality for ratings, and it's insane, and I,
2: it makes me sad. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I couldn't have said it better, and I, I completely agree. Um, and you know, and I think the question is then, you know, what do we do about that? How do we respond to it? Um, you should have been fired. Uh, uh, well, apparently the, the Murdoch clan is just, you know, they're doubling down on this stuff. I mean, you know, they're, it's, they're, the, their newspapers promote this kind of stuff. The New York Post, which is owned by the Murdochs also, they published that story about how Kamala Harris's books are being given away to immigrants. And the woman who wrote it said, I was forced to write that story and I quit. I mean, you know, journalistic integrity survives, but apparently it doesn't survive over at Fox News. It's one that we're going to we're gonna have to do something about this. I don't know what. When Glenn Beck went off the rails... And started freaking out about Tides Foundation. And this crazy guy showed up with a whole bunch of weapons and put like over 100 bullets in state police cars as he was trying to get to the Tides Foundation to murder everybody at their board meeting. At that point, Fox News started realizing, hey, we may have some liability here, and they basically got rid of Glenn Beck. When Bill O'Reilly was charged with, what, fourth, fifth, whatever it was, a sexual harassment charge, you know, they realized they've got some liability here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a direct liability. I believe there is what's it going to take is it going to take like with the tides foundation with with glenn beck is it going to take some guy with with you know a semi-automatic weapon and hundreds and hundreds of rounds of ammunition shooting up a half a dozen california highway patrol cars i mean what's it going to take for fox news to say okay enough next next you should have just back you.
2: on his word and what he said
3: yeah i agree he should be apologizing he absolutely should be apologizing jessica thank you for the call What's Tucker's endgame? I mean, is this actually an attempt to go after the least among us, shall we say, the least powerful, the least capable of defending themselves, hiring a lawyer to go into child and family court and things like that? Or is this just a stunt, you know, to try and get his ratings out? You know, what's going on with this? There's a couple of other things happening in the news that, that I think are, are really worth mentioning. Paul Krugman, the progressive economist who writes for the New York Times and, and does a great job. Paul is, you know, he and I have had a few small disagreements. We were on the Air America cruise back in 2000, what, six or seven, and we had a debate on that cruise about so-called free trade. But other than that, I think, you know, probably uh, the 99% of the stuff, you know, economic stuff that Paul Krugman is, is promoting, I would salute. And he's pointing out, that the American Legislative Exchange Council, ALEC, and some of these other right-wing groups, most of them funded by the Koch network and other cranky right-wing billionaires, have been working now for seven years to rewrite our Constitution. Not to amend it, not to write new laws, but to actually open the Constitution up through what's called an Article Five convention. Article Five of the Constitution says if you can get three-quarters of the states to say yes to this, you can hold a convention and you can rewrite the Constitution. It's never been done. But they are very close to this. And they've been holding dress rehearsals in DC now every year since 2014. Convention of States dot something. I think it's comma, might be org, but Convention of States, if you want to see you know, what they're up to, but it's really, you know, they don't say, oh, we're doing this to make life better for billionaires. We're doing this to write into the constitution, the things that the Supreme court has done that we like, like, you know, gutting union rights or making it so that rich people don't have to pay as many taxes or establishing corporate personhood once and forever or saying that, you know, when, when corporations and billionaires give enormous amounts of money to political candidates or political parties, that that's actually speech. Don't, you know, it's not bribery. They want to actually embed this stuff in the Constitution so that if liberals ever get on the court, on the Supreme Court, they can't do anything about it. This year, lawmakers proposed 42 Convention of States resolutions in at least 24 new states. And the concern is that if the Republicans and Fox News and these right wing commentators who are trying to tell everybody don't wear masks, don't get vaccinated, this is what they're saying, if they can keep this virus going, if they can keep enough people freaked out about the virus that they're afraid to go to work, they're afraid to go to the store, they're they're concerned about going to a restaurant, even if they're vaccinated, because now we've got variants that you can get even after you're vaccinated if they can keep this virus going, if they can prevent America from achieving herd immunity, then they can prevent Joe Biden from getting the virus under control, which means they can prevent Joe President Biden from getting the economy back on its feet. And we all know what happens when the economy's in the crapper, the party in power loses the next election which is coming up in a year and a half, in, in 2022. And if they can seize enough power in a couple more states, they can have their convention. And they can rewrite the Constitution. And this is real. And this is something that they have been working on for decades. In my opinion, these are people who do not believe in what you and I would call democracy. They do not believe in a republic. If they have their way, you know, they don't believe in the social safety net. They think that Social Security and Medicare are unconstitutional. They are socialism. They think that people should be allowed to discriminate in 16 ways to Sunday based on their religious beliefs. You would see the First Amendment with your right to petition, to gather together, peaceably assemble, and petition the government for redress of grievance. That's under attack right now. In over 40 states, Republicans have have introduced laws, basically criminalized protest, and in a half a dozen states now, probably soon to be a dozen states, they've introduced laws that would have made Heather Heyer's killer walk as scot-free as Trayvon Martin's killer did. Standing your ground with a gun, you get to stand your your ground with a 2,000-pound piece of machinery or a 4,000-pound piece of machinery, a car. You know, wrapped in steel. I was so terrified I had to run those people over. Right. That's what's happening. Marco in Tacoma, Washington. Marco, we have a minute to the end of the hour. What's up?
5: If you meet somebody on the street who's a Tucker toady and he's harassing you about wearing masks, just start filming. Call 911 yourself. Tell them you think there's somebody here with a mental health issue. And... Not only that, but if he calls a 911 knowingly that there's, you know, it's not a real call, he can be charged and you can file verbal assault charges against him. So
3: you have some recourse. Interesting. Although I just don't want to ever encourage anybody to dial 911 after what we've seen recently. But, but I totally get what you're saying, Marco. Thank you. Thank you very much for contributing to the conversation. Thank you all, in fact, for being with us today. Thank you so much thank you for listening to the program for your thoughtful comments for sharing the good word about the program with others for going over to hartmanreport.com and signing up for my daily rant louise and i put a lot of work into those i write them she does the headlines and picks out the pictures and stuff and brainstorm them together every day on our walk hartmanreport.com get out there get active tag you're it democracy requires all of us have a great afternoon we'll see you tomorrow